Join me, Jacqueline Coley, on a brand new podcast, Seen on the Screen, presented by Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes. Meet the innovative people at NBC Universal as they share their journeys, inspirations, and the movies that shape them. Each episode is an intimate and fun conversation about the impact of film. Seen on the Screen is available now. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Awards Tour podcast. I'm Jacqueline Coley. One of the best parts about movies is getting to share them with friends. In fact, those in your lives that recommend movies to you should be your favorite people. One of the best parts about this podcast is getting to have friendship-like conversations with filmmakers about their process and what they've created. Getting to spend the day talking with Gina Gemmel and Riley Keough about their directorial debut War Pony literally felt like I was getting an intimate invite into a lifelong friendship. A friendship that began in the lawn of the Cinespa Outdoor Movie Screening Series here in L.A. that eventually found its way to the Tapé Rouge of the Cannes Film Festival. Coming into our studio in L.A., fresh from a tastemaker luncheon with the women in Hollywood, Gina and Riley were jovial as we got to take a trip down their collaboration in War Pony, a story that they co-wrote with their friends and collaborators, Franklin Sue Bob and Bill Reddy. When we were first speaking to the pair, we couldn't help but be struck by that aspect of the filmmaking, which is just so prevalent. Those inconsequential meetings, those random meetings that lead to a lifelong collaboration. In our first episode, those inconsequential meeting was perhaps Ludwig Gorenson developing a musical kinship with Donald Glover in those early days on the set of Community, or when he happened to come across Ryan Coogler in the hallways of USC that eventually led to him scoring his first short, or maybe it was Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino both working behind the counter at Manhattan Video, which eventually led to their collaboration and Best Original Screenplay at the Academy Awards. Who's to say what coffee order or seat companion could plant the seed of tomorrow's cinematic masterpiece? That's the power of movies, and that's the power of the collaboration within them. And that has been at the heartbeat of cinema since its early days. And as we approach this current moment in Hollywood, which anyone who is a student of it will agree, is a moment of seismic shift, a moment of change. Stories like Gina and Riley's give us hope of the heights you can achieve with such a collaboration. As co-directors and co-writers vying for a spot in this year's awards landscape, War Pony is another film that signals itself a rarity, not just with its subject matter of an indigenous tale, but with everyone involved. Shot on a shoestring budget at the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota, War Pony chronicles an eventful day in the life of the reservation. And although it does not shy away from the more tragic aspects of life in indigenous communities, it is not centered on their pain, which is a rare thing considering the more tragic aspects of Native American history and their relationship to those stories in Hollywood. Or more particularly, the Academy is an organization who just five short years ago honored Yalitza Aprizio, 
with its very first Best Actress nomination from an actress of Indigenous descent. Taika Waititi, an Indigenous creator of Maori descent, created an indelible and timeless Oscar acceptance speech. And I dedicate this to uh, all the Indigenous kids in the world who uh, want to, uh, to do art and dance and write stories. We are the original storytellers and uh, we can uh, make it here as well. Thank you. Kia ora. But when he was first honored with an Academy Award nomination for his short film, Boy, he was just among a handful of indigenous names who had been given that honor in the past. A show that he produced on FX, Reservation Dogs, continues to provide authentic representation on the small screen, and its star, Lily Gladstone, is currently lighting up critics groups and awards season with her Best Actress leading performance in Martin Scorsese's A Killer of a Flower Moon. As is so often the time with representation, it is again a bittersweet moment, as many have criticized the narrative for its violence on indigenous bodies on screen. But oftentimes the path for progress in Hollywood is never a straight line. But we can at least say with films like War Pony and with names like Yalitia Aparicio, Franklin Subob, and Bill Reddy, Lily Gladstone, Taika Waititi, and countless others, we might be reaching a high inflection point. So keep listening as we chat with Riley and Gina about their film War Pony and what it was like developing an incredible tale through the course of friendship. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Awards Tour Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Coley. I'm joined today by our guests. We have a director-paired duo. They recently won the Camera d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival for their debut feature, War Pony. Please help me welcome to the podcast, Gina Gemmel and Riley Keough. Both ladies, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, you for, for having us. us. No, because I really loved your film, and I got to see it at the Cannes Film Festival, which I think was kind of a testament to it. I woke up um, very early to catch it at like an 8 a.m. screening, and I was so surprised because when I, when I walked out and I said, I was like, I was expecting trauma, tragedy, reservation and this was so not that but I was like I was like I was into this thriller so <laughs> I want to start with you with the fact that this I think whole story was something that was born of friendship that mm -hmm. first started with American Psycho and then sort of mm. took a detour through American Honey mm -hmm. and then ended in the American Midwest with the Lakota tribe and oh, through wow. all of that that's emotional friendship is. is what 
kind of brought you here. Like, if you didn't have these friendships, you didn't have these relationships, we would have never gotten War Pony. So I'd love for you guys to talk about the journey of friendship that brought this film. Yeah. Well, Gina and I have been friends for a really long time. And when I was filming American Honey, I met Frank and Bill uh, in South Dakota in Rapid City. And they were brought in to do, like, day player work in a scene. And the scene got pushed, and we hung out in a room all day and just— talked and became really close and it was just one of those friendships that you know I think I was 25 or 26 and they were like 23 and we were just having a really fun time together and I left and I just really wanted to go back to South Dakota like it's such a beautiful place and it was summer and it's so beautiful there in the summer like the landscape like it's just magical and so I called Gina and I was like do you want to go back to South Dakota with me and just like hang out like there was no plans we weren't as busy as we are now you know Mm -hmm. we didn't really have our production company like (laughs) we were kind of still in our mid-20s and hanging out and um So she was like, sure. And so I was in Toronto. She was in LA and she met me in Rapid City and she arrived there and felt the same connection I did to my friends, but also to the, the, the lands and the, like the, the state itself, like South Dakota is so special. Hmm. So we just ended up like hanging out with Frankie and Bill and uh, a bunch of other friends. And there was no movie, like it was just hanging Hmm. out. And then that just you know, our friendship just grew over time. And I think we were all in a, at a point in our lives where we were feeling like we really wanted to be creative and Frank was singing and or, uh, rapping. And uh, we, you know, we were kind of throwing out ideas like, oh, we'll come and have somebody film you and make a video. And we brought like a VR camera there, which was really bad. Um, <laughs> it was awful footage. Um, and so we were, we were just having fun. And I think we were also trying to like, figure out a way to stay hanging out with our friends while having a purpose, Mm. you know, because it was like, it got to a point where we were there so much that it was like, okay, well, you know, we kind of need an excuse to be here because we live in California. You know, we were like looking at, you know, trying to live there. Like we were just loved, fell in love with it. And um, so we started kind of writing things down and, and Frank and Bill are such incredible storytellers. And there's, there's a quality in Bill that he just, Like, you never know if he's telling the truth or not. (laughs) And and I think we were really inspired by that. Like, Mm. he he was, he's so, like, mischievous and... Like, very fable-like? Yeah, like, cheeky and very mischievous and, like, you just never know. Like, a very very unreliable narrator, you know? Okay. Um, <laughs> not even that kind about it. No, it's like, no, no, he's really he's trying to just, trick you. But he's, he's incredible, you know, he's, he's, he's just a character and, and... And an so, incredible storyteller. Incredible storyteller. Yeah. And so we started kind of writing things down. He like, would happen or he would say. And there was one day that um, his dog was killed and we were there. And that was kind of, it was a really intense day kind of for all of us, but it, it brought us together in this way that was like we were friends, but then we went through this day with him where we I feel like became much closer friends Mm. and that moment and the closeness that we all shared really inspired like story Mm. and and like and there was a strength and a resilience that we saw that was so incredible Um, and and just it's hard to explain but it it really inspired us to start writing things down that we were seeing and and uh, then it slowly just became like 
scene ideas. And then we kind of brought it to them and we're like, let's let's like write something. And uh, and then we started writing a script and then we all would sit around and kind of talk about it and and go like, you know, well, then what would happen? And, and, and most of it was true mm. st- stories and or what did happen. And they would tell us, you know, well, then this happened and then that happened. And we would kind of just like write write it down. And then, you know, we'd eventually we'd write dialogue and then we'd sit around and pass papers around and they would kind of go through the dialogue and go, well, this, you know, this is what I'd actually say, or this is how this went down or whatever. And so we would just adjust it and just have these like writing sessions together, basically. I think it's interesting that you say that that's sort of the development of it because it's the ordinary day that mm-hmm. has a sequence of events that make it extraordinary. That's yes. sort of like the conceit of the film. These are people who are very much living their everyday lives and you don't know that this is a life-changing day until it becomes a life-changing day. Yeah. Was that something, Gina, that you felt when you were sitting at Sinespa and you guys were watching American Psycho and it was just maybe, hey, this is Riley. <laughs> Because I feel like that's a very... People don't make friends like that in LA anymore. I actually think that the experience of meeting Riley and meeting Billy and Frank are quite mirrored for me because it is this thing where I can look back to the specific day and I'm like, that's the day that my life changed. And so it was days that in different ways my life changed. And I think that they are... They are both in different ways and also the same ways, like the most meaningful friendships of my adult life. Mm. And so I think that we can like reverse engineer it into oh, friends worked well together and they make we make good art together as friends or that the art wouldn't exist without the friendship. And I think that it's like those two things, like that you can't extract them from each other. Like we've been reflecting a lot on the beginning of our working relationship and when that started. And I really think that it started the day we met. Like I don't think, like even though it's not the day that we started writing together, I do think that our collaboration is baked into our friendship. Like our friendship is our collaboration. Our collaboration is also our friendship. And so I think that they are, you know, this is like my sister and my family and there's no one in the world that's closer to me. But it's also, you know, the person that I create with and the person that whose brain I meld with in mm. all of my artistic endeavors. And I think that Frank and Billy hold a similar space, albeit different, in that we just had an incredible chemistry and we enjoyed the same things. We laughed at the same things. The same sense of humor. Like it was just one of those, Is this? it was a similar thing where, you know, I ha- I've had this a handful of times in my life where I just, you meet somebody and you like don't want to stop hanging out with them, you know, and, and you want to like hang out that weekend and then you want to hang out on Monday and then you're, you know, so it was like that with, with Jeej, but also with Rank and Billy and for both of us, which was interesting because well, actually, we have a lot of the same friends. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for us both to, you know, it, it was just like a magical kind of meant to be thing that was a little bit cosmic and, and special and a little bit weird and random. <laughs> what I think is random about it, too, is the fact that it wasn't just a those are friendships I've seen happen with people that are friends. Mm-hmm. The capacity to then create things together and still be friends afterward is sometimes difficult. And mm-hmm. that comes down to. You know, when you're actually doing something, there's a division of labor. There's mm-hmm. a division of um, emotional and sort of like mental capacity. Mm-hmm. It's, I always love this with directing and writing duos is I find whatever you think the division of labor is, it's probably the opposite. Mm-hmm. Or in like if anybody ever got into the details of like when you divide up the pie of making War Pony, who does what? Well, how do you guys decide? Is it is it instinctual? Do you have to map it out? Is it do you play to your strengths and never even question who does what? I think now we do. I think now we do. Like we we didn't know our strengths because it was our first feature we wrote together and our first feature we directed together. So we didn't f- 
fully, you know, we hadn't been on set as directors. And, and so it was, it was all so new that I think we couldn't really know what our strengths were until we were shooting. Um, and even like as an actor, you think as an actor, okay, well, I, I understand performance. So directing the actors at least is going to become easy for me. Right. And there's so many moments where like, it's, it's, it's a different part of your brain. So you kind of have to like reverse engineer certain things like sort of, um, and I'd get stuck. Like I was like, how am I, how am I stuck? Like, this is my thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I've been doing I've this. I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and so it's just a whole different thing. And I think that, um, I think that we both could do it alone. I think we're both good at, you know, not good. I don't want to say like, sound like egotistical, but I, we're <laughs> I mean, both you, great. You are an award-winning <laughs> director, <laughs> writer. We're both, we're both yeah. fantastic at everything. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I think that like, we're both totally capable of pulling, pulling it off on our own. We're both capable of working with camera. We're both capable of working with actors and et cetera. But I think that we do have strengths. And I think that now we understand them more probably. And I think going into our next film, I think it'll, we'll have more of a plan. Like we did not have, you know, oh, today you're going to be at the monitor and I'm going to go, you know, there was none of that. And the other thing is this film was not like, it wasn't your traditional movie set, you know, like it was, we had, none of the actors had ever acted before. So, and we were honoring that. We were honoring their, their, you know, the fact that we had children who didn't feel like it and we would just stop. And maybe one of them wanted to go get, um, you know, lunch. And then next thing you know, Gina and I are driving a kid to lunch and not on set and the other one's shooting, you know? So it was like, it was very spontaneous and and not (laughs) by any means like, uh, the way that uh, I've ever been, you know, set, set is typically run. So our jobs, we wore every hat. We did everything. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody on the crew, honestly, was kind of doing a lot. What was the strength that you discovered through this process that was the most surprising for yourself and also maybe the most surprising for your partner? Like, which, what did you learn that you were like, wow, I did not know this would be my jam. And now it is like, I am the person that wants to talk to you about lighting. I am the person that wants to talk to you about this or the script supervision or the production design is where I want to nerd out. What part of the craft making really sort of did you feel? I guess now that you're saying that, like, we probably had an idea of what our strengths would be. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now you're like, Wait I didn't go into it and go, wow, I'm great at schedule. <laughs> you know? Didn't know this was going to happen. Like, I knew I'd be bad at that. Um, um, I don't. That's such a good question because, honestly, like, I don't think I'm, like, I know that I'm capable. I don't feel like I'm very good at anything. I think I just figure it out. And mm. that sounds like I don't want me to be self-deprecating when I say that. And I know that I have, like, I'm very strong-minded and I have a lot of opinions and I have a lot of, uh, like, I have a very strong vision, I think. But I don't, I think that what maybe what, I, what honestly surprised me is that how little I did know. You know, mm. like, I think I went in there being like, I can do this, I can figure it out. And then I was like, oh, this is... You know, I'm. I I think I I think I I found strength in being like I don't know the. I you know I've never done this before. Can you talk mm. me through this part of it? And I think that that there was in some ways it was like humbling, because I think that being like a student and being someone who's constantly in a in a mindset of learning is what now I aspire to be always. And I think I went in there being like I have something to prove. Like mm. I haven't done this before. Like I don't want people to know that I'm green or I have weakness. And I think as soon as I let that down and I let that go, life became a lot easier and I became a lot freer in my creativity and my expression. 
I do think that the film, as you watch it, um, I don't want to, what's interesting for it is it's a day where, you know, things happen. And so there's a lead up to every single event. And I want people to experience the thriller aspect of it that I get when you actually watch this movie cold, where you feel you're in one movie and then it changes. However, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the actors you guys got direct on screen between um, Jojo and Ladanian. Am I saying mm-hmm. that one right? Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, I think, in addition to also what Franklin does as well, mm-hmm. like all of them, since they were untrained actors, did you rely a lot on your time on American Honey with your choice of that? or Because I felt it was interesting seeing like, Again, worked on a film like that where it was mostly unknown actors. Also something like Zola, where this is an authentic storyteller's vision mm-hmm. translated to uh, mm-hmm. cinema by, by, by a director. I see these little touches of things that you've done. Would you say that that was part of the reason why you decided to approach the narrative this way? Or was that a happy accident that happened afterwards? I think it's just my sensibility. Like, mm. I think it's what I like. And I think that um, I like watching people. And I like the in-between moments and I like the, I like authenticity and I like honesty and non-professional actors can bring that like, especially, I mean, I'll just speak to our actors cause I can't speak to every actor, but they just can bring so much spontaneity and, and magic in, in this way that just feels like every moment is exhilarating, mm. you know, and every choice, like there's no plan. They don't come in with a roadmap. They're not like, okay, on this beat, I'm going to pick up my cup and I'm going to put it right back down. You know, it's like, who knows? They might not pick the cup up and they might walk across the room. And mm. I find that really um, exciting as a filmmaker and as an actor. And I think those are the types of directors that I'm drawn to. And I think Andrea, both Andrea and Janixa also like that, you know, so I think it's just what I like. And I've just been lucky to work with directors who make things I like, yeah. you know, and work in ways. I will say this. There's always going to be moments that you have in the script that when you, I think, become the director that you either love or despise. Mm-hmm. Um, because now that you're the director having to execute what you wrote, I would love to hear what was your least favorite moment from when it was <laughs> the movie. script to oh. when you had to, like, make it happen. And then also, what was your favorite moment that your non-sort of trained actors gave you? What was one mm. thing that you didn't expect on the day that sort of like t- dovetailing on what Riley was saying, something new that they gave you? Like what was the least um, fun to execute? Yeah, like as in, you wrote in, it. In the cut, I would say yeah. the end sequence, right? No, that I don't. Th- I think I think that's the gas station sequence with Jesse and, and Jojo. Was, was that more diff- I would say I would say for me, it would be the turkeys. Mm. Oh, set it up. Oh, just the the working with the, the turkeys. The end of yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole end sequence. I don't know if that's what you're asking, but it yes. was very different to what I had in my head. Oh, yes. Oh. That was... Yeah. That, that oh, and, I see. That and Beast Death, actually, were the two... Were the two. Yeah, so the kind of the whole end for me was not what I imagined mm-hmm. it to be. Oh, that's interesting. I agree yeah. with this. And even in like shots, like... In, in, in entirely. Yeah, we had grand plans for that <laughs> ending, and we did not get the grand And it was freezing, plans. and it was five in the morning. And we had, like, so few turkeys. Like, we imagined, like, turkey farms and turkeys oh. everywhere, and we did not, we were not able to, we actually, I think, got blacklisted from the turkey industry. Um, I, th- I don't think they wanted us in their no, factories to see what was going they on. Didn't. Well, that was the other thing is, well, the, you don't make the turkey farmer look very great, yeah, <laughs> great yeah. in this movie, yeah. I will say. He's not a very sympathetic character. That, yeah. that definitely from page to execution was the thing that was, what changed the most and, and was the and most. And I think still when we watch, 
we're like, ugh. I think we can kind of get behind Your ending else. is great. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like the ending not being what we wanted was on us, whereas other scenes not being entirely what was on the page was on life mm-hmm. and circumstances. And we have a lot of room to accept those moments because for us, it was really about the process. Like, we had no idea we were going to ever get into can you know yeah. like it was really about the moment and enjoying the process and part of that was enjoying a process that we set up to be entirely like wild and free you know mm. we put all of our money into days so because we knew kind of the environment that we that we were working in and that we wanted to give all of our actors grace and that we it was kind of at our our performers first and the movie second and now I want to ask though too of another moment that your non-trained studio actors gave you because I can think of everything on screen Mm -hmm. as something that was probably random and whatever on the day, especially with like Jojo and some of the other side characters. Sorry, I remember landing the plane. That was our fault. Okay. Like like straight up, like, you know, that that was an execution, I feel. And it wasn't like on. I don't think that the ending, the issue with the ending was execution. It was in in resource. We did not have enough money and we did not have enough access how big it was in our brains, there was no way to execute that. I so see. I don't think it was on us. Like we 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 did wrong with the camera, or we did wrong with the production design. No, but or it we was did... like it was it was not on. I don't know. It just felt like I felt responsible for that yeah. not working in a way. I guess. Well, I mean, the movie's great. The I mean, ending is like <laughs> very <laughs> resonant, and it does so uh, well. So uh, like literally, I think that yeah. this is something that only us. Uh, I'm only like, y'all are we, literally we, you know, read the page. <laughs> Yeah, but also, I, you just asked me what I learned about myself, and I was like, I learned that I'm not very good at anything. Like, like, <laughs> I'm like, well, who is this person? I've never I'm, seen this. Yeah, I don't, know what, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Something um, the actors gave us that was... Because I mean, they gave you the script between like, I, so I, much. I think yeah. that there's like... The thing about the actors is that they were really on book. Like we we rehearsed and we studied so much with the performers that oh, wow. it was like it was really, really on book. And so those tiny moments are like in the... They're kind of in tiny little intersecting moments of like or friends. ways they choose to deliver right, they it differently. Sh- but there's wow. like, I think of like very specific things like the relationship of the character Bill, Jojo, um, Baptiste Whiting with the kids, you know, like there's little, there's a little moment where he says, I love you. And the, and the child doesn't say, I love you back. And he says, I love you, you know, to get to, and it's like those tiny moments, which is just him being in it yeah. and listening and being with a child. Like, I think that it's all in those kind of, tiny, tiny interstitial moments for me that always, like, uh, on set would give me a huge smile. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Can because, again, I've, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because I think you've been very honest about both the privilege you approach this project with but also your privilege within the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some lesser people who are not here and mm-hmm. not as cool as us who would mm-hmm. be like, well, of course they want to invite her to Can the year that they have the other movie mm-hmm. about her family. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. We want to get her there. But I just love how you guys covered the bed entirely. Like, I believe anybody who's given a lot of privilege can, which is once you get privilege, cover it with what you're able to do. And then you guys won the top prize. Yeah. Was that, I just have to feel like that's a moment for you. Because you you hear you're in can, mm-hmm. but then the next email is like, oh, but. And you have to feel, you know. I mean, yes, definitely. Like, we were in shock that we got into Cannes. We were in shock that we were in in certain regard. So that took like a while to process. And then we certainly didn't think we were going to win an award. You know, I think that um, I was shooting in Greece and Gina, you know, it was halfway through the week and she was like, well, 
if we were going to win, like they would tell us by now. So I'm going to get on the plane and come <laughs> meet you in Greece. So she gets on the plane and then lands in Greece. And she, we get a call that's like, you, they would like you to be at the event tonight. And we're like, oh, that must mean we're winning something. But the question is, what are we winning? And is it worth getting on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're so practical about this because real well, she talk. Was practical. I was working. I couldn't <laughs> no, go anyway. Couldn't go, but, but she was like just traveled for hours. And she's like, do I... She's like, what is happening? We were just honestly like just not thinking we were going to yeah. receive anything meaningful. We were like, we're for sure getting the honorable mention, like 100%. Which is also super meaningful. Yeah. So meaningful. But, but no. I, I think we, I think that we were just, I don't even know. I don't even think we, I didn't even think I believed that we were going to get anything. I think yeah. I was kind of like, you know, so it just became this rush thing where we had to get Gina back to Cannes and she landed just in time and arrived at the ceremony just in time and I was on the beach like with really horrible Wi-Fi watching live stream <laughs> and with my crew on my birthday at like uh, um, in like uh, on the Greek islands. And uh, I was like, wait, be quiet. I can't hear what's going on. I remember they announced the like runner up award and I just was like, wait, that so we didn't get that. So there must be another one. <laughs> that I don't remember. And I, there was no part of us that expected it. And I think that's what's so special because I think sometimes you're kind of like, well, you know, I deserve this. And <laughs> it was not that. You know? <laughs> it was, it was, we still are like it might have been still a mistake. Like, this is crazy. No. So, um, yeah. And then they, you know, then they, they said that, you know, the camera door was next. And I was like, wait. And I remember looking at the act, actor next to me being like, I was kind of talking out loud. I was like, I think, I think there's, yeah. So that one just got one and there might be another one. I'm not really sure. And then it was straight into camera door and then they called our movie and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was not This is crazy. I, I I know you said that this was this was a terrifying I could only imagine. First of all, that's where I would have turned to my best friend who I get it, you were working in Greece, but I've been like, you're not here and I'm having to go up here by myself. So walk me through you walking up there. Cause I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I would not want to do that alone. I also let alone. think I texted her, like, cause once I went on the live stream. And like she got there, I think, or she texted me and was like, "Like, sister, this is like huge." Like, I don't think we realized how. Big. Uh, I didn't realize it was like a real award show. <laughs> and I've, I've, I had just done my first interview. I had never been to anything like this. I was like, "This is much too much for me." Um, I was. I had done like fourteen hours of travel, and I had sent all of my clothes away. I had like a crumpled suit in the bottom of my suitcase. I had no makeup. My hair was like I was a mess. <laughs> And I remember walking in. I, I, we Basically, I landed. They, there was all the flights to Cannes were, were full, so I couldn't get to Cannes. I flew to Nice, and, and they were like, we're going to send a helicopter. And then I landed, and they were like, it's a Grand Prix. There's no helicopters. And so there was a taxi, and we were like, oh, we're missing. Like, I, I can't get there in time. So we're still texting people, being like, who's on the ground? Who can accept, I'm, I'm the, who can accept for us? I'm Instagram, literally, going like, who is it can that I could get to run over there that's my friend and accept an award if we win? Oh my <laughs> but God, the taxi driver, like, clued into what was going on. And was it was like a movie moment. And he's like, I'm getting you there. And, like, put his <laughs> foot down and, like, sped. And I got out the car. And I was, they were like, there's people waiting for me that escorted me to my seat. And I remember this one French lady was like, flick your hair. And I was like, what? She's like, flick your hair. Like she was telling me, like, my hair looks bad. Flick it. Like, do something with your hair. So I'm flicking my hair and I'm walking in. And as I walk in, the honorable mention is called. And so I was like, oh, 
oh my, like, I think I know. So I had like maybe 30 seconds in the seat before, before, the, before our award was called. So it was very fast and kind of like a fever dream. But also there was such incredible, I mean, there are incredible movies made every year, but there were such incredible movies that year. Yeah. And the, and, and the, the film that won the honorable mention was also an incredible movie. Yeah. And I think that we were just like, there was, it was just not in our, it was not, not in, in our, our thought, thought. It was not, our, there was no way like it wasn't even something we had Especially considered. Especially with the films, like it, with first time direct filmmakers, I was like, we was didn't like, even consider it. Like, I think it was like forty something films that year. Like there was just no way there was. It was really a happy accident, is yeah. what we'd like to call that. Yeah, which is the name of our company, Felix Colbert. <laughs> yeah, I was to say, <laughs> your, plug. your production company. <laughs> well, no, I. You guys, um, the thing I will say about the film that I thought was incredible is that it was a different version of a Native American story. And I think that along with how well you guys did it, the the level of cinema verite that you did, I really did feel I was just watching a home movie. And I think that's a testament to how you guys both shot it and the actors. But there's a lot of addition in what your lens chose to show and a lot of subtraction, Mm -hmm. but nothing was missing. So it wasn't as if these stories that are part of the Native American experience that are part of trauma were not a part of it. They just were not the focus. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you made that recipe of, because I feel like there's so many aspects of life in that area that I had never seen on screen, and I've seen a ton of movies filmed from that area, but that's by design. How did you make sure you deleted the other and added more of this new? I think that that is really, like, I want to just, like, say it's Franklin and Bill. Mm. Like, it it was us dedicated to the collaboration and dedicated to listening and and bringing ourselves out of it and putting their voices at the forefront, which meant that everything we approached was with honesty and, 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 and authentic to them. Like if it wasn't authentic to them, it's not in the movie. And so we took that same principle to how we shot it. Like we very intentionally didn't amplify or emphasize any grittiness. We just were honest with our cinematography. Like we were put up quite, car- like, you know, we were, we were very composed. The camera only moved if there was a reason for the camera to move. And it was like, let's create the most honest and the most um, pure photographs that we can. You mm-hmm. know, something that is like just capturing what's there, capturing our actors, letting it fall on their shoulders, not trying to amplify anything, not trying to exaggerate anything. Let's just be honest. And I think that that was really led by Franklin and Bill. They were, they were, the, they were the people who would, you know, it's their story. And I think that we really, really, really always went back to that truth of like, it's not our story, it's theirs. And it's, we are there just to amplify their voices and just to be vehicles for them to tell their own story. And I think ultimately we were making it for them, all of us, but like Gina and I were like, this is for you, not for Sundance, not for Cannes, not for an audience. This is for you to watch and go, this is exactly what I was thinking, you know? And I think that, so that was our only intention and I didn't we didn't even know that we'd finish the film or that it would go anywhere you know or that it wouldn't end up on you know YouTube or like we we really were were just dedicated to to them and and their voice and their their experiences in the moment and and staying true to how they would experience something Mm. not how we would experience it how if this thing happened staying consistent with the tone in which they would experience it if it would be funny to them it's it, it we would make sure it was funny you know, I think that we really just tried to take our, our lens out, you know, yeah, I, which is weird. I also think that, like, Frank and Bill will say, you know, that this is their story. It's not 
the story of Pine Ridge or the story of any other re- reservation. It's like a very singular story. And if it connects with other people, that's awesome. But that wasn't, they're not trying to tell everyone's stories. And I think that that true, like, it was truly personal. And I think that is what makes it feel singular in that way, because it is just two boys' stories and the stories of, like, their adolescence and their manhood and, and their families. And when I said, like, you know, that we never tried to amplify anything gritty, we also never tried to make anything more beautiful than it was. You know, like, it went both ways. It was just about honest photography and and, and authenticity in every part of the process. But it was certainly, like, um, definitely Frank and Bill in different ways. Like, definitely were both concerned about... You know, they would say, I don't want to make poverty porn, you know, like that was a big thing for them in terms of camera. They, the way that they um, interpreted handheld was gritty and they didn't want that. Um, so we never, you know, I think we use it at the end, but for, for, we have a purpose for it. But mm. um, so we were like, okay, we're not doing handheld. So that was super important for them. And they, they definitely were very vocal about not wanting it to feel like other movies that they had Scene, yeah. 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 No, and it's very different. Um, I was looking up the name of uh, Felix Culpa, Happy Accident, your production company, which I think is, again, so interesting because, again, it goes back to y'all's relationship, the relationship behind your first film. Mm-hmm. All of it can come to that. And I would say if I had to guess, if there's principles of your production company that are based in this film, obviously collaboration and friendship, mm-hmm. what would you say are some of the other pillars that you guys are trying to cement and what are some of the projects that are going to help achieve that? that you guys are working on next? I mean, I think that we really pride ourselves on being kind of like a family operation. Like, we want the feeling of making a movie. Like, you spend so much time with the people you make a project, a film or television project with. Like, like we should like the people we work with. And, I, you know, I think that we really, really try and make collaboration, family, friendship, like, that feeling. We try and... We, we're not going to work with people who we don't want to spend years with. Mm. Um, and so I think that that is really, really important to us. And then the other thing is I think just like bold and, and and important stories. You know, I think that we are invested in and attracted to stories that are from voices that we haven't heard before or voices that, you know, historically haven't been heard enough. And um, or like, you know, simply things that might put a smile on someone's face. Like we want to we wanna inject the world with more love and positivity as corny and cheesy as that sounds. Like I think that that's really important to us is that the feeling of making something together and like the fulfillment and the pleasure that we get out of doing that. Like how can we be more infectious with that? Because we're only in control of like this little space that we, that we control. And And I think, and I think bringing that, I don't mean to jump on you, but like into the work environment, because it can be so, you know, when you get into producing and raising money and that, that kind of thing, it can, there's like a formula that kind of exists. And I think like trying to stay, trying to operate in love and kindness and within, you know, something that already exists, like is important to us too. And protecting artists, um, through that process, um, that can be really overwhelming. Um, that's, that's also important to us at our company. Is there any projects that you can speak of? I know you guys have a book option, I believe that you guys are working on next or my, my got that one wrong. We Maybe. have a few. Yeah. A few. <laughs> yeah. A couple. Um, I mean, we're writing our next movie right yeah. now. You're right. Well, what can you tell me? This is what is oh like, I gosh. hate listening to IMDb because anytime I tell, oh, is this project your next one? They're like, that's a lie. So I tell know. me what's next. And that way I won't I, spout I, IMDb to you. I like to say that like if, War Pony is like the heart of the country that maybe the next one is like the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, All right. I think I'm we, going into the sickness. She likes to say this. I've never heard that. 
<laughs> and she's also like, I don't know what project that I'm is. Like, <laughs> no, but I think that like... No, you're right. There is, it's like we're going into, into some... I think we have like a uh, topic we like and it's, it's a different, it's a different like way of exploring it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I will vibe with that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. America. So- <laughs> America. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, I want to remind everyone that War Pony is still certified fresh and 92% on the tomato meter. And I want to thank you ladies both for making it and for joining us today. Thank, thank you for having you so us. much. <laughs>